they chew, they drink beer, just the hilarity ensued. It was perfect because all like all I ever wanted to do in like those those summer nights, like I don't want to be there for two games. Yeah. Right. That's not. It's like four hours. Yeah. Like, especially like I don't like at this point in college, I don't play a position anymore. Like I play, I pitch. Yeah. That's it. I don't do anything else. I don't let you do anything else unless you're some sort of athlete that I'm not. Yeah. So you show up and I'm like, like, and I don't even tell them I show up. I'm like, I'm just going to, I'll just show up and they'll let me throw. That's pretty much how it worked out. So I'd show up I'm like, oh, you can start. I'm like, fine. I throw four or five innings and then I'd leave. But for those four or five innings, just like the amount, like they, like a lot of these guys, you can tell they've been playing against each other for years and it, some of the shit that I felt was personal was just their banter. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? You want me to throw it? No, don't throw it. I don't know. I'll yeah. <laughs> no, that's normal. You like, just talked about your first wife. <laughs> so it's just... And, like, they're all miserable playing, too. Yeah. Right? They're all in pain. Like, don't know why they keep on doing it. I'll uh, see you uh, next week. Yeah, see you next week type of stuff. But I have a feeling it's just kind of like playing softball or anything kind of recreationally you do. Like, I think they were all just trying to get away from their wives for a night yeah. type of thing, hang out with the boys. It's their dude's night. Yeah. Dude's night out. So. So you got something brewing up there today. Yeah, I don't got, know. What do you got going on? <laughs> I'm just fucking, <laughs> oh, I'm replaying the the incident leaving home uh, <laughs> on my way here. Yeah. And it just, it just felt so appropriate. So we're like, you know, we're cleaning house and shit. Yeah. And you know how cleaning house goes? It starts with like, all right, here's the list. And then it always takes three to four times longer than you expected it to. Yeah. Not entirely sure why. It's not like anything is ever that dirty, but you just get lost on these like rabbit holes of like, you know, fucking cleaning out every single bin in the refrigerator mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. Uh, so it started at like 11 and it was right before two before we left. And... You know, when you leave, when you're halfway through something and you feel like, I didn't get anything accomplished. I'm like, just leave it. I'll get it when I get back. And then dumping, like trying to clean out. I'm like, all right, one more thing before I leave. Grabbing the trash so I can bring it to the dumpster here. Trying to clean out the fucking cat litter. And um, it all just ends up, I'm dumping it into a bag. It all just cascades out. Some of it goes in my fucking shoe and it's all over the floor. And now I got to, I just went, fuck. And now I got to do this whole rigmarole, get the vacuum, and uh, I, and I just smell piss, and I just smell fucking cat piss the whole drive here. I get that with, like, changing diapers. Yeah, right? I don't have that problem. Right. Where, like, it'll be like an hour later, I'm like, I still smell, I still smell shit. Where is it on me? <laughs> It's somewhere on me, and I cannot find this shit. Oh, right. God. Then eventually you find. Like I've been walking around with shit all over me all day. Oh, right. Now we did this with moving around the house for Christmas the other day. Like I put it off as long as I can. I do, because I hate it. Like decorations or what? Not even decorations. Just like the the way the we wanted to move the living room to fit the tree right where we wanted it. Oh yeah. Right. So the couch needed to move. The chair needed to move. The, the entertainment staging. stand. Yeah. Yeah. Needed all of it needed to move. I'm like I been doing my best to put it off but like we're at a point like you can't put it off anymore yeah it's less than a week yeah so 
Do you guys use a real tree, fake tree? Fake tree, fake tree. Well, I don't. Real trees. I mean, I like Christmas and all, but the the effort just isn't there. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I don't, like I'm not gonna pretend like I'm not. Uh, uh, you want a real tree? We can grow one outside. Like, do you guys leave your tree up a long time after? I think it kind of depends on busyness, and uh-huh. I feel like this year we'll be able to better about it because I have like the next two weeks are not off for me but the kids aren't in class so I'll just be doing busy work Mm -hmm. so I'm sure that we'll get around to taking it down and I think this year more than any year with Carson who's going to be two in February we're going to want to take it down oh yeah he'd be like a cat trying to fucking pick at every single ornament yeah, I don't even know if he's going to pick at it more as he's going to grab them and throw them because he's a terrorist. <laughs> I just... Just... Oh. He's just so funny sometimes, but... I got on a phone call the other night with a buddy of mine, and he goes, Did your kid ever hit you? I go, he doesn't hit me, but he steals my glasses because that's what gets him the be- like the most <laughs> anger out of me. And then he laughs, oh. and it makes me more angry, and I'm an adult getting this angry... At a child who's not even two yet. He goes, I get it. Because his kid's only a couple of months older than mine. He goes, mine takes his hands and then he slaps both sides of my head when he's looking at me. (laughs) He goes, that's his move. (laughs) He goes, it "It is unreasonable how angry I get at this kid. (laughs) I'd hit him. I know. That's what I want to do. I don't because I, I know better, but I just like... He'll steal my glasses, I'll get him back, and it's like I'll hand him off. Like, take this child. I'd start with like a flick in the nose, <laughs> and then it would just like progressively. <laughs> you got a three-year-old and you're just punching him in the face. Well, I think it, I think you find other ways to do it. Like this morning, he came up to me because I ate, like daughter does her hair and she has a spray bottle, right, for getting it wet. So I had it in my hand and he wanted it, and he walked straight at me and I, I lit him up right in the face. <laughs> and I got... And on, like, it just, there's no reason I should find that much joy oh. from hitting, like, because he's just sitting there surprised. But the thing about him is it didn't stop him. He came back for more, like, to get it. Yeah. Like, I'm going to get this thing. I don't care how many times you spray me. And that's, I don't know. He's going to be, he's going to, he's going to test me. Yeah. And that's just, it's everything. And I hate how it is everything that everybody has said that was going to happen, right? Oh, you're going to get it back. Oh, yeah. You're going to get it back. No, I'm not. It'll be f- No, I'm getting it back. It's not fun. Yeah. It's, not. <laughs> it's that passive-aggressive violence now. Yeah. So. Like, you know what? I'm not going gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna to hurt you. I'm just going to take it out on you in other ways. Yeah. Let's wait till we get the Nerf guns, and I'm starting to... I'll start you early, where I'm really a lot better at it than you. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Just hang on to that and use it later. Well, then, then he's at. Is that like that height, too? Where if you don't see him coming, he's gonna hit you in the balls. <laughs> so that happens. Oh no! So that, and he doesn't know. He just thinks it's funny, which makes it that much worse. Yeah. Right. Because he's gonna keep trying to do that because it's yeah. funny. Yeah, you get it. There's a reaction there. Yep. So. Yeah. I might not ever have kids. 
you have uh, nieces, nephews. Yeah. Okay. You're good. Yeah. That's yeah. the way I go with it. My nephew is going to be 18 on, a night, on the 29th of this month. And every time that I go over to my parents, right, which is where he's at right now, I go up to his room and I lay on him still to wake him up. Just lay on him. And he's at the point right now where he just talks to me when I do it now. Just any question, I just answers. Just wants me to go away. Doesn't try and fight anymore. Yeah. Just, I'll be down in a minute. And you could tell it's like that, I'll be down in a minute. I want to stab you. Yeah, there's a there's that undertone of like boiling rage. Right, but he's like 190 pounds and I'm not. Yeah. So it's just, you can't stop me from doing this. You should have been <laughs> awake before I got here. You had your chance. This is your own fault. You knew I was coming today. Yeah. So. What an interesting time for him, though. I'm trying to think about, like, what it would be like. He missed out on a junior season of baseball, an awkward season of football, and as they're still trying to figure out what winter sports are going to be. Yeah, right. So. Yeah, it's December. I think, I don't know. You got to assume that they're just, here's my whole bugaboo with the way that they've been it's in our state. I don't, I can't speak. I can know a little bit about Indiana, but I can't speak for every other state, but the way that like these restrictions or hiatuses have been rolled out is only in those two months, those two week or three week increments. I have to imagine that when they first started this, they knew it was going to be much longer than that. And rather than just be like, look, this year is fucked. There's gonna be a lot of changes. A lot of things are gonna be different. We're gonna lock down for a really long time and we're gonna really slowly reintegrate these things. Rather than doing that, they're like, oh, we're just two more weeks. And it happens like at the end of the the two-week cycle like if it's supposed to if shut down whatever's supposed to end on the 12th you'll get a impromptu conference on the 11th and be like we got to go another two weeks we got to let the data support it and that's fucking bullshit nobody's making decisions based on data right now it almost seems like it surprises them i don't think it surprises them i think they know they knew all along exactly what it's going to be and rather than just deal with the backlash of it I think they knew that people were gonna fucking freak out about it. Like, we're not doing this, you can't, we're not, no, no way. They're like, oh, well, if we just do it in two weeks at a time, they'll be able to wrap their heads around it. There'll be more, it's the, uh, it's the death by a thousand cuts. Yeah. It's subjugation through, is a little left field, but it feels, it's what it, it kind of feels like it's, rather than just being like, look, here's the thing. We don't know, but we think it's going to take a really, really long time. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna be normal until 2021. Once we get the vaccine, people are starting to say that now that the vaccine's rolling out right? and they're giving it to people, but they weren't doing this four months ago, six months ago. I heard a really great argument. They're like, they knew, they knew cases were going to uh, spike again. And they were, everybody kept talking about it. Well, we're trying to flatten the curve. We're trying to, flat, we're trying to um, do these things and um, make it, make things better. They had all this, inf- and now they're like, and hospitals are overwhelmed again. Motherfucker, you had eight months 
to figure this out and you didn't do anything about it. You didn't do the things that you said that you were going to do. All you kept saying, you're not telling people that they need to take care of themselves. You're not telling people that they need to be doing vitamin D exercise, eating well, be getting outside, getting oxygen, like uh, fresh air. All you're saying is stay inside, stay inside, social distance, wear a mask. You're not talking about health. You're not doing anything that's trying to prevent stuff or solve a problem. You're just like, we'll wait. Vaccine. Vaccine's going to be the cure-all. Just another two weeks. Just another two weeks. That's all I've seen this entire time. And then they're like, okay, we're going to reopen these things because people were at a fever pitch. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, we're going to shut them all down again. People are like, no. A lot of places are saying no, unless they have some sort of state licensure, like a bar um, that has the, a liquor license. Yeah, that, that'll, yeah. They have, they have. But I'm seeing restaurants now that don't serve alcohol that are reopening. Yeah. Let's see. I've watched it on the news in Hillsdale and a couple other places, too. I don't know that I agree with, like, I'm not saying that I agree with all of this, like, fuck it. Let it happen. But there is a smart and a safe way to do, like, to be a human being, to live a life. Mm-hmm. Everything is a risk. There, there's, there is risk in everything that we do. I could walk outside today, step off the curb, and get smoked by a car. Human beings, for as long as we can, as long as I have been alive, and as long as we can trace back, have this acceptable level of risk. They're willing to do this with the understanding that there is a negative potential outcome. Look at drinking and driving. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows, like, you could get arrested, you could fucking hit somebody else, you could, you, could, you could ruin a life by drinking and driving. And yet, people do it every day. What you're not letting people do with all of these, these mandates or, I get it, you're trying to keep the most people safe. And I truly, I do believe that I understand that. You're trying to do what you believe is right, but you're not allowing people the freedom of choice. And it's not even choice. It's just the freedom of information. Well, that's it too. Well, this whole thing, the other thing I've been saying this whole time, and I said this about two months ago, it was, it was about, you know, six months into this thing. No one's having the conversation that, look guys, this is bad. And we thought this was going to be bad, but it's not as bad as we thought it was going to be. They're just not having that. They're saying, oh, fear. Here's the number of cases. Here's the hospitalizations. I'm not trying to pretend. I know people who work in ICUs and who are first responders and who work in the healthcare system. I understand that people are getting sick. People are being hospitalized. People are also recovering and people are dying. I understand all of that. As a human being, one of your fundamental rights is to be like, here's what I want to do with my life. Is human being in America. And there are, I get that you have to let, you know, the way that the, um, the way that the branches are set up, every state gets to make its own decision because that's how the laws are written. But if this were this huge issue and problem, I have to imagine that there would have been some sort of federal guidance or oversight rather than just being like figure it out for yourself stupid 
Well, do you think that has to do with the administration or is it just general, like the federal government would have stepped in if it was bad, right? I think it's the, I've struggled to believe that it's a single administration because you're not only talking about the presidential, you're also talking about, I mean, all forms. I think that the, the House and the Senate, they also like, these people should have been the louder speakers in this entire thing because they represent the states rather than just passing stuff off to governors who are not like, there wasn't, there is not one single governor in the 50 states who had ever before March, and this is, I don't know this any of this to be true, who had ever thought about what are we going to do in a pandemic situation? The only thing that I've heard said about it was Obama talking about it, a previous administration yeah. talking about ramping it up, needing things, and then it being eliminated and discarded with the current administration. I think, I don't know if that's true that it actually got eliminated. They got they reassigned and reallocated. Dialed it down or whatever it was. They put them into different things. It didn't, that's one of the things, it didn't, it didn't get fully like wiped clean. It got shuffled around. I'm not saying that that's better or worse. Right. I'm just saying it's not the same thing. Right. No, you're right. But it, I think our idea, like, and this is the thing, like, I, I look back historically trying to find when was the last time we were ever asked to do anything different than what we're doing now, what we did prior to March, right? gas crisis in the 70s maybe you mean like change the way that we live our lives yeah yeah yeah. gas crisis in the 70s maybe 70s maybe right so a lot of us right and then was the last time anything i mean even a a gas crisis in the 70s doesn't compare to stay inside all the time right so i would venture to like Having no focal point of leadership, right, and a thousand different voices saying one thing or another mm-hmm. has not benefited this to being ended any sooner. No. Right? And that's, that's the thing. It's just the lack of leadership. Somebody stepping up to say, no, this is what we're going to do. Right. Right? Deal with it. Well, right? even when there is that leadership, there's this there's this fundamental mistrust because they're in in um, any organization, right? Even in uh, like take the mask situation, and part of this is self-imposed. Like they did it to themselves. Look at the mask situation. You know, Fauci at the beginning of this thing said, "Don't wear a mask. Uh, it's not going to help you at all, and we need them for essential workers." Mm-hmm. The reason that he did that, he lied. The reason that he did that is he didn't want people freaking out and doing the same thing they did with toilet paper and hoarding all of the masks. And then the people who really needed them, who were in, on the front lines, didn't have them. So once that problem was solved, he's like, he comes back a few months later and was like, well, you, you should be wearing a mask. Everybody needs to be wearing a mask. It helps. Yeah, cool. The problem is you fucking lied before. It doesn't matter whether you lied for a noble cause or you lied for a good reason or not. Right. I hate the, and I absolutely hate the line. Sometimes we get to good places by doing wrong things. 
Right, it doesn't hold any weight afterwards, right? There's no foundation to sit upon. Well, that's it. The foundation, the entire foundation of the truth got eroded. And now you got these fucking idiots out here who are like, ah, don't wear a mask, it's dangerous. You're into CO2 and you're going to fucking get sick and you get more sick from wearing a mask. You, you open up the door for this level and you, you did it to yourself. You open up the door for this level of misinformation because you lied. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's the same thing going forward too. As as this election has gone, like gone and come and gone, right? Results have come in, everything like that, it's, right? And now you see people starting to change their tune, right? Like the digital age doesn't forget, yeah, right. And all I can think about is the movie Superbad when he all he just yells out, "People don't forget," yeah, right. That's right. all I can think about, yeah. right? Because that's all I see on. Any like I, that one form of social media that I have, right, is people relentlessly calling out politicians who said one thing at the beginning and are saying something different now that it's a new administration coming in. Yeah. Right. And it's it's and it's beginning, at least for me, to real. I can't imagine what it's like in Georgia for people, but for me, it's starting to really ramp up and see like some of the disinformation and how they're really approaching this Senate race down there. It is brutal stuff. And I do not envy oh, that, that the people in that sticks. I can only imagine what the political ads are like mm-hmm. and how often you have to view them. Right. Even I leading up to the election this year would mute my TV when a commercial came on because it was of the five or seven that you're going to see mm-hmm. six of them were were political ads and i'm just like i know john james you think you're the best and it's great but no i'm just not going to listen anymore i can't do it right yeah. and then like i'm just trying to watch jeopardy yeah <laughs> well then you get into like the the super packs and all of the money and yeah um It's difficult to be well-informed right now in 2020. It's not difficult to be informed, air quotes, informed. It's difficult to be well-informed. Yeah. The amount of content is staggering. Well, and there's this, the inherent distrust has bred from this level of institutional trust that we've always kind mm-hmm. of had, right? You know, um, look at uh, media networks, for example. Once upon a time, there were three. There were three channels on your television, and everybody trended more towards the middle mm-hmm. because it was about conveying information. You, you had great men. You had Walter Cronkite. Um, they were delivering Murrow. Yeah. information. Not through the skewed perception of their lens, but they were trying their best to inform the population. Cable hits. And now, advertisements, right? What people, what I don't think that people put enough thought into when they're paying attention to MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, any one of them, is they are a business. Every business is driven by profitability. What is the greatest way to increase profitability? get you to stay on their channel longer. 
How do you get people to, how do you get the average human being to engage with something longer? Well, we're very motivated by fear yeah. or pleasure. Going to be real hard to sell sex on Fox News. So I guess we got fear. You get, this is what, like, you read the ticker that run. I haven't watched cable news in I don't know how many years. It's been a very long time for me as well. And I, I do watch some of the trends for it. And I am interested to see now that Fox has turned, mm. right, and started a new narrative towards away from pandering to Trump, right, how many people leave and go to a network like OANN, mm. right? which is extremely far right, right? That's, that's basically, might as well be, uh, oh my gosh, what's the guy? The info, might as well be InfoWars. Yeah. So. It's, what, I mean, you're, it's further and further to the fringes. Yes. Seems to be where most of the conversations are happening. One of the other problems with that is, well, going back to the fear thing, right? If they can keep you afraid, they can keep you engaged. If they can keep you engaged, they can then go to um, the people who are paying money, like commercials, mm -hmm. get put on these networks. They pay them to put their commercial on their network. Right, and it's all dependent upon who has the 18 to 49 demographic. And how long are they watching for, um, you know, how many uh, days, like what's the frequency? Cool. You have the most of those people, you get to command the, the highest, um, the highest dollar amount per advertisement. Mm -hmm. You get to make more money. Yep. These things are, these networks are businesses. They're driven by profitability. They're beholden to the shareholders. They are beholden not to the truth. So, so what it's you- It's not news. Right. Well, that's yeah. exactly. It's not. It's it's arguments. It's 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 opinion based. It's opinion based news. It's kind of what it is. It's you get a couple of people and you have them argue a point, and you then you just cycle that over and over. And you know, I I, I wondered this initially when I first saw how much Fox was having uh, Steve Buddha Judge on right. Hard last name, going to struggle with it every time, right? Mayor South Bend, right? But he would go on there and crush. Like, seriously, I watched it over and over. I'm like, why are they continuing to have this guy on who is obviously not a part of their message? Mm -hmm. Because I keep watching. Right. Right. Not necessarily the channel, but I'll watch the clip. Yeah. Right? Over and over. Like because it fits my narrative in my head, or at least what I think I, like, what I had come up with why I believe this, this, and this, right? So it pulled more in, right? And that's why they kept on having it on, even though he was crushing a lot of their people that came on to argue with him, Yeah. right? Do you think that that's a little bit why Fox News is, um, is trending in a new direction now, or trending away from an old narrative is to get, because they're realizing this is how we get a broader uh, base a broader spectrum of people to pay attention. Well, yeah, I think that's it's either you're going to stay with Trump, who's leaving office, right? Or maybe you're going to go into the direction of the new administration, which will play to the middle more, 
right? And if you're going to be covering the new administration on the further right, you have to be able to be a part of it. And if you're com covering Trump, he's not interested in you being part of covering that new administration coming in because he didn't lose, obviously. Yeah. Right? It's right. this whole thing, how do you separate yourself from it? But you've attached yourself to it. Congratulations, you deal with the problems that come afterwards because that's... Like, we've already seen Trump start to bash the network. Yeah. Right? So... I don't know. It's it's fascinating to watch it work. I don't... I will watch... Uh, some of the nightly news every now and then. I think it comes out at 6.30. With Lester Holt. I do like Lester. That's who, that's who I enjoy for some reason. I don't... I might pick up on it a little bit. But for the most part, I am I I've watched the local news beforehand, mm. right? That like you have to report what's going on, right? Like you, you can pull from the national media, but people watch the local news to know what's going on locally, yeah, right? Which is more my pace. Many right? of them still are they're the same. It's all about just getting you to pay attention. Yeah, no, and it they'll is. say whatever the fuck they need to to get you to pay attention. It is. Check back at eleven. Not a chance. Not up till 11. So, but it's, it is. I'm just trying to catch something local that might make, uh, that I may not need to know, but may be interesting. But even then, most of the time I'm pulling from the news sources that I enjoy on. Yeah. Right. Which is usually, I'll read NPR. Right. And then. Even some of the local newspapers online, mm. right? I there's certain ones that I do not enjoy, right? Uh, because if your front page is somebody getting arrested for drugs, right, and they aren't toting hundreds of pounds. Yeah. That's a problem with me. Oh, yeah. Right? That's right. that's you trying to bank on fear. Yeah. Right? See, I told you. That guy, I knew that guy. Yeah. Right? So, it's 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 bullshit. It is. And you know and I know it too because like I worked in the jail, right? I know what certain crimes were and then I read them in the paper and it's like, oh, "Okay, you church that up about 10 notches." Yeah. So, and that can't play well for like in the defense of that person. No, in a small community, absolutely not. Yeah. So, it's you're crucifying them. Yeah. How are they supposed to live here after that? Right. Right. And if you're talking about like if you're talking about punishment, then no, they aren't supposed to live here after that. But if you're talking about rehabilitation, then you're not participating in the process. Well, isn't even the current judicial system, isn't it supposed to be, and this might be idealistic, supposed to be set up for people to pay their debt to society and then reintegrate? Well, that would be the idea. But if you're supposed to reintegrate, right, shouldn't you reintegrate with rights after you paid your debt, right, instead of a tag? Yeah. Yeah. So now you're tagged. Depends. Right. Okay. Depends on the offense. Yeah. Granted. Kid right. fuckers. I mean, yeah. you're 
fine. You're, you're a pedo. You, you, yeah. you get what you get. Right? Yeah. This is what it is. Forever, people right. will know. Yeah, that's that's part of you having to sign it and every once a month of where you're at and where you're at. Yeah, 500 feet from a school. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Fine. Right? I can I can get behind that. But if you... Nonviolent crimes. Right? If you're a nonviolent offender. If you have weed, acid, if you're not, as long as you're not like stealing your grandma's Percocet or whatever. Right. And even theft on that. Like, if you. And reselling it. Right. If you can't. If you're stealing it to take it, whatever. If you can't believe people can be reformed. What are we doing here? That's it, right? Yeah, like, that's just... Uh, I'm assuming that's the whole point of the process is, look, you fucked up, you owe society this debt, you're going to pay it, and then you get to, like, everybody knows, but that's how, like, everybody knows that you've paid your dues. Right, And but the, the idea of taking somebody's ability to vote away bothers me. Mm. Right? Prisoners can't vote. You can't, there's a certain process to go through after, right? But being a felon, right? Oh, yeah, I saw that. Florida was one. Right, being a felon and voting, mm-hmm. difficult, right, yeah. to get back on that path. Being a felon and finding a good job, right? Hard. Yeah. Becoming easier now, but it's still difficult, Yeah. right? If we're talking reformation here, how do we, mm. you know... How do we do that? Well, and you look at the evolution of information, the evolutions of society as well, right? The things that were the, um, the most awful crimes mm-hmm. before, like 50 years ago, are not, as society evolves, the, uh, the definition of what's bad yeah. and what's good changes. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing now this, this change uh, to elicit drugs. Right. Not being as catastrophized or as demonized as they used to be. Right. Where 1994, when you had the, the crime bill, yeah. if you got busted with a joint, if you were black and you got busted with a joint, you were especially fucked. Even if you were white and you got maybe not as fucked i don't know i wasn't i was six so (laughs) yeah but what i'm saying is that that thing isn't as big of a deal now and you're starting to see that with you know um decriminalization and even um city states at the federal level we just got decriminalized yeah not at the federal no i think i thought they were waiting for i thought it was pat it passed the house and it needed to now pass the senate I'm not sure, but if it needs to pass the Senate, I want to count on it then. Yeah. Right? If you're talking about us like that, that'll be decided. If it's going to come to the floor in the Senate, it'll be... De- and it's going to come after Georgia, then you'll know which way it'll go. Yeah. Well, even after, um, even after like, s- states, Colorado, um, you know, and what they're noting, like, this creates a boom. And what they're thinking of, what I heard, so um, Oregon decriminalized everything right you can get you can my understanding you can walk around with fucking heroin in a certain amount everything has its own specific amounts right right but one of the arguments that they are noticing or that they're making for that is when you decriminalize these things the usage actually goes down people use them less frequently 
Right. Well, and I think it gives the, the it, get, it opens up an avenue for recovery because it's not as demonized as what it once was. So now you can access programs and tell people what's going on without the fear of going to jail. Yeah. I think that there's also this part of human psychology that wants to do things that we're told not to do. Yeah. So if you're like, hey, whatever the fuck you want, you notice less frequency of use. Mm -hmm. That's weird. It, That's a it, weird part of us being human, but. Right, the, the willingness to explore and go find things out and to find things out that are taboo, so to speak. I think, I would say that there's even more of that seeking out of things that you're not supposed to do. Yeah, don't do this. Okay. Exactly, right. like little, little kids. Yep. Don't touch. Okay. Right, yeah, we, we had a hot plate incident last night. Mm. He's crafty and he's fast, all right? But I don't think he'll do it again. It was, it was a momentary thing where he, he tapped it. And like, yeah, never mind, right? He was upset for a minute. And even this morning, like getting behind, like little things, like getting behind the furniture, like where all the, like the place that I don't want him to yeah. go, right? I watched, right? And eventually he came out and hasn't tried to go back there since. Because you got to go back there and it pull them away, right? You pull people away from things. You're like, well, what is it, though? What is it yeah, that you yeah. don't want me to see? <laughs> right? the, the, the problem with the hot plate thing is you touch that and it sucks. You're like, yeah. that, I don't want to do that again. Drugs are not that. Most no. of the time you do them and you're like, that was fucking awesome. Yeah. This is where you see people ruining their entire lives for, like, meth, heroin. Mm-hmm have seen it and it is it is a brutal thing to try and disconnect people from something like that so you think people gravitate towards those things because they just have some fucked up shit going on that they I haven't would, dealt with i would say of all the of uh, of the assessments that i've done right which number are countless Right, with people. If you had to put an account on it, how many assessments have you done? Ballpark. I don't need an exact fucking number. That's probably four, four hundred, five hundred right now. Okay. Right? Of people just, I, I can't say a percentage, but I, I will. I would say it's upper ninety percent, like ninety nine percent, of people are dealing with some form of trauma, emotional pain, right? And not just a little bit either. Mm -hmm. Not just somebody was mean to me and I was bullied. No, we're talking significant childhood or adult trauma, right? Where, because the idea of experimenting, fine, right? You wanna see what something's like and you can usually pull yourself out of that. Yeah. Right? But individuals who don't want to feel. They're trying to escape. That is a different yeah. level of pain that you're dealing with right there that usually doesn't just come out of nowhere. Yeah. Right? There's something behind that. I would say as close to, I mean, of those assessments, I've never, like, I would say, I, I can't say I never did, but, like, I can't remember a time when I really got to a point where, like, I don't know why you do this. Oh. Right? I can't figure, I can't put a 
thing on it, right? Because even if they don't tell you something at first, it might be four or five sessions later, like where they didn't think it was important, but I'm like, there, that's it. That's right the cornerstone. There. That's, that's what we're talking about right there. Mm. So, and then that one thing usually leads to another and another and another, and it doesn't, it's, it's heartbreaking how many times it's not just once that it happened or something happened, right? It is the repeated mm. trauma action that led some person to believe that's normal for them and not recognize it as formative. Mm. Right? Which is why it comes out in the fifth session and not the assessment. Like, no, that was just my child. No, that's not normal. Yeah, yeah. Right? That's not okay. That's why things happen the way they are right now. Mm. Right? Now, there's some behavior and some things like that. I can't, you can't just sit there and say, this led to this, and this is 100% true. Right? right? There's some things that come into play. But, like, the catalyst for it, right? Yeah, I wouldn't want to feel that feeling either. Right? You can see that with people and how they behave in relationships, too. Why do you behave this certain way? Why are you at a, why are you always at a distance? Why are you not able to connect with your kids? Why you're not able to connect with your da 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 da, right? There's all there's something, right? And part of becoming a therapist and doing the things that I'm doing right now is learning how to listen to those things, right? And not talk so much, mm. right? Because people usually talk themselves into a corner. That's kind of fun. Yeah. Right. Because people like when you want to know about them and you genuinely want to know, right? People will just go, right? And they'll find themselves in a spot that they've never been before, right? And then you'll see them retreat back. Like, no, 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 no. Stay there. Yeah. Stay there. Stay there. Feel that, right? Let's talk about it a little bit, just a little bit. So you know what that feels like. And then we'll walk this back so you don't leave here with an open nerve, mm. right? And then we'll come back to it. And then we'll close you back up. And it's that process of getting through that rather than, because you see some people who go to therapy and then aren't uh, what we call grounded when they leave, right? They're just left to go out into the world oh. with that open nerve and anything that slightly rubs up against it, right? That's relapse. Mm. That's anger that's anything that comes with it right how do i make this go away i know how i used to make it go away and i'm going to do that right now it's the quickest way i know how to make it go away right 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 rather than grounding people and grounding people is something simple as like if you and i got into a very intense discussion right about something that we disagreed upon and just were so hyped at the end and then somebody came in and moderated at the end like like, I shit you not, like, talking about your favorite zoo animal at the end of the session is a way to ground somebody. Because it pulls them out of that emotional right. state. Right. Yeah. So you ground somebody, and then you talk about ways that if you feel a certain way going through this from here on forward, what are your supports? What's your next step? How do you take care of it? Right? Because now you've grounded that person, they're ready to listen yeah. to how, right, how we are supported and how we surrounded ourselves and how we're safe and how that da, 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 rather than letting somebody walk out the door 
right? In all pain. height, all in pain. Yeah. That's a great way to describe it. In pain. Right. I had a coach once. Uh, one of one of my current coaches um, tell me a person in emotion will stay in emotion. Well, I mean, think about it for you. Like if we even even your cat piss incident, right? Yeah. Like agitation. Oh yeah. Right? And if you don't do something to move out of that, that'll fester. Mm-hmm. Imagine that coupled with, like, imagine that agitation leaving a therapeutic setting or any setting, right? Coupled with significant trauma. Mm-hmm. There's no stopping that fucking freight train yeah, right. after that. Right? Good fucking luck. You got to put the brakes on before that yeah, gets over. Yeah, before it gets there. Right? So... Those, those grounding techniques and those abilities to pull people into a state of at least some level of calmness. So how do you pull the average person out of that? St- I think agitation, that is a great word for what I notice, well, guess what I imagine most people to be in most of the time right now. You got mm-hmm. COVID, you got this presidential election that seemed I, I don't know if the, I, I think, so I think that the increased participation in um, this year's election is a byproduct of people not having anything better to do. Right. Well, and I think going, going back to your question, right? Everybody's so fucking amped up right now. Right. So if you, if you're in that, like even here in the gym, right? If you have somebody like that, right, which I'm sure there are plenty that come through, right, and you're trying to get to a point of understanding, common ground, leveling out, in my head, how I deal with that, how I work through that personally with people is, because when you talk about COVID, mm-hmm. right, presidential elections, how big are those things? Big, fucking massive. There's no way to wrap your mind around it, right? So everything still feels so goddamn overwhelming, Mm -hmm. right? Everybody's looking for a reason, a way to make sense of it, right? So it becomes a breakdown, right? We've done this on the board before. You and I have talked about certain things, and we broke it all down on the board, and it makes more sense, yeah, right? So for me taking somebody from that sort of national or international type of type of perspective and bringing them down to a regional one, local one of where you're at, what you have and where everything's going, right? Is something people can actually wrap their heads around and remain somewhat calm. Yeah. Right. And have those conversations and then work into the bigger things because people, they want to start at the big thing and then try and figure out what's going on down here rather than working from the base of what you know because locally internally in your own home is what you know right right well and if you look at yeah well if you look at impact too like how this is going to actually impact you personally yeah who's in the white house is going to have very little influence on your day to day yeah now what we've noticed through this whole thing is who the fucking mayor, or, uh, who, well, maybe who the mayor is, but who the governor is. Has a huge. Has a huge impact on how you're going to be able to live your life. You're seeing people leave states. You're, they're, 
They're leaving New York. A million people, I, I heard. A million yeah, people LA, have left New York yeah. City. LA as well. And LA, California is a fire sale. Yeah. Everybody get the fuck out as fast good, as you can. Good luck selling anything there right now. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you got the, the Newsoms and, you know, even Michigan. I, I mean, I remember when, um, well, restaurants are closed down again. Mm-hmm. But what you're getting is you're getting people from Michigan who are saying things like, I'm so glad Indiana's open. I'll be, um, I will be, I'll be happy to take my money there. Yeah. It's. But if you look at what, if you look at the conversations that most people are having, they're still having those, um, those national conversations. Right. It's all about um, seceding the president or uh, admitting defeat or um, voter fraud. And these are the things that the big, the hot issues that are taking up most of the mental real estate for people who should be thinking more about how does this affect my community? How does it affect my town? And I think that's a lot of where I try and drive conversation with people, right? Right. They want to talk about the big issues. All right. All right. We're not players in that at this point. Like, let's be real. Like, let's just call it what it is. Yeah. Right. You go ahead and try and call your congressman. Let me know how it goes. Right. Right. And so what can we do locally, regionally to make ourselves more prepared or help out those who are most seriously affected by what's happening right not a lot of that i don't i don't hear a lot of that i don't think you're going to get a lot of it because what that requires is that requires something that i'm really interested in right now is personal responsibility it's personal responsibility it's what impact can I, what impact can I have? What is my role in this? How have I contributed to this outcome? Mm-hmm. How can I make things better for this community? Most people are interested in deferring personal responsibility. Yeah. They do want to be subjugated. People don't want to admit that, but they want to be told what to do. It's easier. If you can tell me what, as long as it fits into my current belief structure. Now, people (laughs) don't want to, yes. Yeah, there you go. People don't want to be subjugated. If you are, if you are very uh, Republican, you're not interested in democratic socialism. Mm -hmm. You can go fuck yourself with that. Now, words, again, words matter, right? A lot of the things that something like a democratic socialist, uh, democratic socialism does they we're already doing a lot of that. Yeah. We have Medicaid, we have uh we have Medicaid, Medicare, whichever one you get. We have welfare, we have social security, we have the United States Postal Service. A lot of these are socialist concepts. But by saying that if you would just take that word out mm-hmm. because it I think that they leave it because it's like it gives them a brand. Yeah. It's a brand. It's also inflammatory. It, it, it provides an us versus them. And where are you if you're not fighting a battle? Right. Exactly. So. Well, look at, look at the times that America in particular has been the most, um, the most pulled together. It's when we're fighting an external foe. 
we saw you saw an increase in patriotism. Um, the uh, everybody had an American flag. Yeah. We pulled together. You still hear the stories of pulling together in World War II when there was um, the steel short was steel shortage, right? right? Scrap they, metal. Yeah. Scrap metal. Yep. Um, you had women entering the workforce at that point in time. They were running the factories. We are never better than when we are fighting something else. Yeah, you can create the monster. It goes back to fear. Which was attempted with COVID. This became the big bad boogeyman. The problem was it wasn't at it was a little bit too kind of in the ether. Yeah, I would agree. There's not there wasn't you can't it's, it's really hard to look at a virus like that and point to one specific thing that everybody can get behind, right? There's no baseline. There's no base to it, right? World War... Hitler. Perfect. Yep. Can, I, I can get behind fucking that guy. There also, needs right? to be the figurehead of... There needs to be the, 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 the person, the villain. Mm -hmm. A virus that's floating around in the air doesn't solve that in the way that Osama bin Laden, Kim Jong-il... Adolf Hitler did. Gaddafi, all like any of them. Yep. Saddam Hussein. You can, list goes on and on. Yeah. And the only reason that we know these names is because they were enemies of the state. Right. People will remember coronavirus, but it's not going to be. It didn't. The the reason that I don't think it worked to pull people together in the way that I imagine it was positioned to, is because it was too abstract. Right. Then that just allows people to have so many different narratives on it. That's it. There's too much to take in and there's too many people saying something different. Well, right. Adolf Hitler, universally bad dude. Yeah. COVID, eh, kind of bad. It's just, a, it's just a flu. Some people don't get negatively impacted by it. Some people do, some people die, some people thrive. You didn't have that with a big, bad, physical enemy. There wasn't, you're not going to find anybody who, in the United, maybe you will, who fucking knows, you put 100 people in a room, you're, you're, you're liable to get one psychopath and one idiot. <laughs> yeah. But you're not going to find, yeah, you're not going to find very many people who are like, yeah, but you know what, Osama bin Laden was actually a pretty good guy. No, it's pretty universal. He wasn't all that bad. Mm hmm but that's what's happened with this thing. And I think it was a failed attempt at, I get like, we, human beings thrive in conflict. We're tribal. It's in our DNA. We need, I don't like to, I don't, I don't know if I like it, but we need an us versus them scenario. Right. And it's too big of a tribe, right? And too diversified at this point. Right. And it's, it's a melting pot of society, right? And it's the United States, right? Universally just what we are. So if you take that, and given the amount of space, right, within the country, right, I've been interested, I, I looked up some data on this uh, a while back, and I'd like to do it again, just to kind of go back over it, right, the amount of space in the United States, the diversity of the population, right, like what are the percentages and how does it relate, right, because you see this, like, we're not homogeneous, right? 
but then you go to a country like New Zealand, right? Smaller space, more homogeneity, right? They have that native culture, but they've accepted that, and that's a big part of their culture, white or Maori, right? Mm -hmm. So, but that, everybody got on the same page there and have taken care of whatever, right? Northwestern European, right? You can see it when it in regards to um, reforms and criminal justice systems up there too, right? They have, it's a more homogeneous society, right? Less diversity. They're able to move in a different direction more smoothly, right? You're talking about where they're more rehabilitation focused? Yeah. You think of like Sweden? Yeah, Sweden, uh, Finland, places yeah. like that, right? Here, there's just so much space. Right. Well, there's you an argument to, to be made that there's not as much diversity. Right. That's what I either. mean. Homogeneity right? yeah, yeah. versus not. Right. Where here, if you, you the, the, the stark difference between southeastern Missouri and Chicago, Illinois, mm. right, which is a drivable distance, it's huge. Yeah. Right. So being able to. Somebody. So when it comes to war or fear of warlords, right? Some everybody's experience is generally universal, right? Death, yeah, right. Somebody's experience in Chicago versus somebody's experience in southeastern Missouri with COVID—two completely different things. Sure, right. So how are we supposed to be on the same page? You're not. So you're like you said, failed attempt. Yeah. Right. Well, it just opens up this. It opens up this Pandora's fucking box of Stupid. maskers versus anti-maskers, yeah. vaxxers versus anti. Everybody gets to now define themselves by things that never mattered yeah. before. At Search. least didn't matter on this scale. No, searching for conflict over and over and over again. Right? Picking a side and wanting to be right. Yeah, right. rather than, yes, that's it, that's it. Right, and we're talking about also creating some sort of value and purpose, right, out of something that is, shouldn't be that, shouldn't be life-defining right. for you, right? Because it's easier, right, than self-responsibility, mm -hmm. right? And going out and creating that for yourself. Well, and creating a thoughtful, just... It has, it's, there's definitely something to do with the attention spans and the fact that most people don't spend any time alone anymore. Even when you're alone, you're not alone. Right. You've got a thousand friends all the time. And if you are one of these fucking monsters on Twitter and you spend 12 hours, if, if you spend 12 hours a day and you're just, you're bashing and you're saying, you're just, you're, you're looking for a very specific response. Yeah. You don't have to sit with yourself and your thoughts and your beliefs, and you don't have to craft intelligent reasons as to why this is true. Mm -hmm. Air quotes, true, right? Right. It's, it's like you and I sitting here together, right? I can't just turn you off. Yeah. Right? Which is important, right? Which is what we talked about before with hearing something on the radio and turning it but going back. Because that's what's important is for me to hear something that it doesn't necessarily fit my niche, right? 
right? or what I believe or what I believe to be true. Right? Okay, so this is what this person believes, so this is important because I'm going to have to talk to this person at some point in my life, maybe not that specific person, but somebody along those lines that I've got to know and not be just completely surprised by. Yeah. Right? Because if I'm surprised by something, how do I respond? Emotionally. Yeah. Right? If I'm prepared, right, now we can have a conversation. Right? So exposing yourself to things. Disconfirming information. Right? Things that are uncomfortable. Right? It's just as important to... as anything else you're doing well it's how you create a better it's how you create better thought better reason is you need to expose your beliefs to things that are in opposition to it right there's nothing and this is this is something that bothers me at this point right there's nothing wrong with sitting there and going hmm right and thinking yeah right actually thinking something through right hmm that may actually work a little bit better than what I'm thinking. So how do I, how do we pair this up? Or do I have to completely discard what I was thinking? Or how does this work together? Does it not? Like, but that makes sense though too. So it's this whole process of trying to actually think rather than, nope, that doesn't go with me. I'm sorry. I don't believe that. Even though science, no. Yeah. Right. Or whatever. Right. It just, even though it's well thought out, still not me. Right. And that's well, you don't have to, you don't, there's nothing there's in 2020, there are, there's no biological mechanism forcing you to take in that information. Mm -hmm. You don't have to. No, it has to be moments like this right here. Right. Where you actually open up the door to a lot of conversation that has to be well thought out right because even in like my classwork right now God, it is like we all generally are on the same page with mm -hmm. things but every now and then i would really love for somebody to disagree yeah and every now and then i do right but then it becomes not always a shouting match but having that conversation over zoom right now extremely difficult mm. right because you're not in a classroom able to face each other and have that conversation and I, I hate the term safe space but be able to be wrong yeah right the ability to be wrong has disappeared yeah right without being just ridiculed mercilessly for it right and i hate that like i'm gonna fuck up and say something stupid yeah. eventually it's impossible for me not right i have to be allowed to do that and have have a conversation afterwards about why it was stupid for me to be willing to change my perspective or for you to grow. Yeah. There's so. a level of, well, now you're talking about the ego, like the fragility of egos. Yeah. Right. People want to be right rather than find out what's accurate. Yeah. yeah. And, and that right's usually defined by a headline at this point, And that pisses me off. Right. Well, it's the it's the it's the age that we're in. It's the the shortness of attention span. It's everything in 140 characters or less. It's a perfect storm that's been created, and what it's done is really entrenched people. I don't I don't know if I I wasn't paying attention before, 
or if it really is as polarized as not maybe not polar it is polarized but maybe that's not the word i'm looking for whether it's as prevalent as it was in the past but i see more people now defining themselves in these shorter and shorter phrases ideologies thoughts than ever before but I remember, I remember when, you know, uh, I remember young people didn't want to define themselves as one single thing. Mm -hmm. And now that's, I'm a Republican. I'm a Democrat. I'm a masker. I'm an anti-vaxxer. I'm, I'm whatever. I, I, I say that I have a friend who lives in Southern Ohio, right? I played baseball with him in college and I, there's nothing that makes me happier than getting him a little bit wound up. Right. Cause like we competed together for a long time. We're still really good friends. And we were talking about it just the other day. Like people wouldn't understand if they came across this because I can cuss this dude out and he can cuss me. And we're going to be fine in 15 minutes, mm -hmm. right? Just because we have that kind of life experience together, right? But one of the things that I know just absolutely grinds him to no end is that he asked me, he was talking, he's trying to talk to me about the election. And I was like, ah, I'm an independent. He goes, oh, so you're just, you're just, just, and I go, I'm also agnostic. He goes, Dylan, you're an agnostic independent. I'm like, yeah, it makes me, it gives me the ability to choose anything I want. I know. Mm -hmm. I know. Well, I'll leave you. And what the thing is, I go, you see that as something that's negative. Yeah. I don't. For him, it's a do not compute. Yeah. He's like, because he's, he's a Republican, loves his guns, things like that. Well, I can be anything I want. Yeah. Right. So, and that's the whole point is being willing and open to be anything that you, that, that is available. Right. That makes sense. <sighs> but it's still for him. It just, you could, you could, you could hear him glitch. Yeah. Like, eh, like get a, twitch, <laughs> a little tick. Right. And he just wants to hang up with me, but he knows if he hangs up, I win. Right. Yeah. So he can't do that. Right. <laughs> but. Well, the problem with creating that identity is that you are willing to accept things that you may not otherwise agree with yeah. because it is the ideology of that party or that, um, whatever, that, that group of people who believe that way. Mm -hmm. You have to, there's this feeling that you need to fall in line with everything regardless of whether you believe it or not. Voting party lines. It's right. Just this, uh... It's, and the, another issue with that is, well, we didn't do anything wrong. It's them. It, it's all back to us versus them. Mm -hmm. It's not, it, it's nobody coming to the table and being like, you know what? I'm not entirely sure what platform Joe Biden ran on, except for I'm better than that guy. Yeah. At least I'm not him. Yeah. And it was, he played the smart card. He was quiet. Let him, let, let, let Trump talk himself into corners. It was a rope-a-dope. Yeah. And just came out swinging the last eight weeks. Right. I think a lot of what you're seeing is like in 2016, people were looking for something that represented them and something extreme. Like, like we need to, we need a shakeup. Mm -hmm. We got to have it. We've gone through the last four years of that shakeup. And aside from the economy, I'm not really sure how everything got a whole lot better. And now people are like, well, fuck, that didn't work. So let's go back with the comfortable thing. Right. I, I believe that that is one of the reasons Biden wins is because 
he is the like people know what they're getting with him. Right, and I think there is just such a visceral response to personality. Right, which is why you saw the amount of voting that you did this year. Right, the the response to the way you treat people means something. Yeah. Right. And so well, whether been, you like it or you don't like it. Well, yeah. I've said it for a long time. It seemed it, it's it seemed like over the last four or five elections, it's become much more of a as long as I'm not voting for this guy because I believe in him, I'm voting for this guy because I don't want this guy to win. Right. And that's a really shitty way to create anything. It's a slippery, it becomes a slippery slope with only two candidates available. Well, for me, it's a, it, it's, it, I, I try to boil it down and this may be a simplistic view. It's a decision made out of fear. And any decision made out of fear, unless it's like saber-toothed tiger, do I fight, do I run, is going to be the wrong one. And it's... My personal experience is that any decision that I made out of fear didn't work out very well. Well, I mean, I think it's just the willingness of people to sit down and say, I don't know. Yeah. And have that be okay. Well, and if you ask people why they believe what they believe, most people, many people, I don't know if it's most, many people can't articulate an argument for their current affiliations. Uh, I had... At least not a reasonable argument. I had a conversation with somebody. I may have told you about this, and stop me if I have said this before. I had a conversation with somebody... We were talking about this is prior to the election. And he was telling me that Trump put more money in his pocket. I said, that's cool. I get that. So if that's the way you want to vote, you do. I said, I said uh, being the profession I am and the way I work and the way I think, I, I, don't, I don't agree with that being the most important thing to me. Mm-hmm. Right? And... And then he went on to say, and this, that, and that's all I said, mm-hmm. right? But like you said, being quiet and kind of letting people talk themselves into their own shitty corner, right, is one of my favorite things right now, right? Because it's, he went on to say that the, the things that I value the most in life are Jesus, my family, my country, right? And he went through all that. And I said, okay. He said, Jesus is at your top. Yes, Jesus at the top. You think Jesus would have voted for somebody to put more money in his pocket or put more money in people that are poor's pocket? Uh, 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 I'm just asking, buddy. Yeah. Like you tell me, if right. Jesus is your most important and your influence, that's your influence. You tell me what you what would have happened there. I go, I I go. You're not wrong. I get where you're taking care of yourself, but. Like, but you haven't thought your argument, you haven't thought your beliefs through. Right. If that's, so you, you tell me what you've learned about Jesus and what I know about Jesus is wrong then. All right, cool. Like, and, and it was a quick move on to a different subject, right? Which is, I'm not, not here to, to break people down, right? But he didn't want to have the conversation after. No. Well, most people, they just haven't spent time with their current beliefs and figured out, okay, why do I feel this way, believe this way, think this way, act this way? Right. They just do it. I spent time with a word yesterday, and I'm still spending t- freedom. 
What does freedom mean to me? And I came up with a rough draft and I'm like, ah, that's, no, maybe that's not it. And now I need to revisit it. It's, it initially, it was being able to do what I want when I want, not beholden to anyone. Mm-hmm. Master of my fate, the captain of my ship. I'm like, ah, is that really it? Or is it financial freedom or discipline? Is it making your own? I don't know yet. Right, and there's so many avenues that come into it, and I think the the not beholden to any one thing, is, is 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 scary because if you're not beholden to anyone, then what are you beholden to, right? And it takes the tough part is understanding what's going on around you, right? And how do you, how does my decision, how do what I'm doing affect everything else? Now, if you don't care, okay, that's, that's your freedom. Now yeah. we're talking a different level of human right there that I don't encounter very often. Yeah. All right. Right. I don't, I don't know what, I don't have the proper term for it other than something that I don't feel to be right at this point. So I'm not even going to say it, but like it's, now it's freedom having the free, like the ability to choose what's important to you. Yeah. Right. And having it be right now, if that guy I was talking about would have started with family, Jesus country, not nah, wouldn't even had, what do I have to stand on there? Right. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you've thought about this a little bit. Yeah. Right. Okay. Having more money to you means more security. Da, 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 da. Like makes sense. But if you're going to start with Jesus with me, dude, like you can't start with that. That that's a perfect biblical person, right? Right now, can't, like with me being agnostic doesn't mean I don't understand either. Yeah. Right. Like he went to a very conservative college. Yeah. Right. That gave me some perspective about what I did and didn't believe and moved me towards. I think initially in my early to mid twenties, being atheist. Right. To this point. Yeah. Right. I Where would... it's different. I had an interesting conversation with somebody yes yesterday, maybe yesterday, the day before, about atheism. I don't, I don't think that there are any true atheists. No, I think it becomes that there's something to hold on to, and like it's just. Well, what I've always thought is that everybody's an atheist till the second before you hit the tree. Yeah. Yeah, that's. It is. uh, I watched a clip from a show the other day as a somebody um, who was in the show Jewish, right? Where he goes, Jesus Christ, did somebody? I'm like, boy, lost his Judaism real fast. When he got <laughs> <laughs> like, it just, right. like, I don't know if it was a slip in the show, but it was something that I picked up on really quick. I was like, that, that, they're not Jewish anymore. Nope. Right? You out. <laughs> but it was, it, it is interesting when emotion comes into play how right and i I don't and people who have that conversation well it's just i don't know well it's it's hard to it's hard for people to understand like that i'm comfortable with it right well how do you not go around just like and it's ricky gervais has said it multiple times how do you not go around just raping and pillaging because I'm a fucking adult. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't do that because I don't want to do that. Because like, I know that's wrong. Yeah. Right? It doesn't, my faith isn't 
or lack thereof, right, doesn't define what I do or don't do, right? Because there's plenty of people in Christ who do horrible fucking shit, right? And that's seen throughout history. Yeah. So you can't say that All that's... All in the name of. Right? So you can't sit there and tell me that that's what's going to keep me from doing bad shit. Well, it's an evolution of thought, right? Yeah. Like, it's, it's a personal... Like, even... Perfect... That's a great example. Look at Christianity or um, anything that's evolved with time, right? At one point in time... Um, you know, yeah, we had the Crusades. Yeah. Yeah. All in the name. Yeah. I, the, the, the history of that area of the earth is fascinating to me. And it's something that I would like to delve into more like reading wise as far as just Israel in general. Like that, the amount of blood yeah. that is in that small area is astounding me absolutely just mind-blowing i think that there's a level of comfort that comes with um describing yourself in a very simplistic way yeah it's easier than i i don't know but if i say that i'm a republican if i say that i'm um whatever agnostic or christian or judah or jewish or, or any of it there's this there's this blanket of comfort that wraps me and now i have something that i know air quotes mm -hmm. no it's easier than saying i don't know i'm not sure yet right. i'm trying to figure it out well and i think one of the simplest things that it goes back to is how i approach planning treatment planning right let's say that if a person like, who would you rather deal with as a person coming in here? Let's start there. Like, we talked about this. Somebody who already knows it all or somebody who says, I don't know. Right. Perfect. I don't know. I can work with because we can build a foundation and an understanding, and then we can grow from there together. Right? It's the same thing with providing treatment to an individual. If you know what to do all the time and you're telling me how your treatment should go, rather than we're having a back-and-forth discussion about what's valuable and what's not, right? I, shit, you're not going to do it. Right? You're just not. Mm -hmm. right? There are ways to work that without me actually telling you what to do. Right? Because if I tell you what to do, you're also not going to do it. Yeah. Right? But if we can have the conversation where it, you're coming up with the own idea on your own. Mm. That sounded weird. But yeah, you're coming up with your own ideas. Yeah. Now we have a higher percentage of you following that. Well, right? One of my coaches describes it as getting to that's right instead of you're right. Mm-hmm. The training for that is motivational interviewing, mm. right? And that's an actual thing, right, of how to move people, right, and move the needle on people, right? And it's not manipulation, right? It's getting people to think, mm. right? right? And they're coming up with their own treatment in a line, right, that makes sense and is doable. You present an idea and they're, if, they, if you can get them to, that's right. Mm-hmm. They're going to be more willing or yep. more, they're more likely to follow through. Right. Because if they say you're right, like think of it like us having a discussion. Right. And I say you're right. You're right. You're right. You didn't really believe anything I just said. Whenever you <laughs> want to, whenever you want to finish uh, a, an argument, what do you say? Yeah. You're right. It just it didn't like, move anything. It didn't change my thoughts. My, it just, no. it might've entrenched me even further. Exactly. And one of the things that 
you get the loud minority, right? You get the the 10% on the fringes on either side right. who are the loudest voices. And I, I think that played a little bit into this, this election was the middle 80% of people who are reasonable, relatively reasonable, right. were like, fuck, we can't do another four years of this trolling yeah. and sound bites and tweeting. Shit show. Shit show. Yeah. There were good, like, anybody who sits on, a, on whatever side, and anybody who sits on the Democratic side was like, man, the last four years have just been terrible. It was the worst four years. It was the worst president. You're not being honest. Not only that, what does that say about you? Is your effectiveness as a congressman. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right. That, that's that or means. as a person, as a, as a general person living in, um, in the United States. To say that the last four years have been the worst four years ever because Donald Trump was the president is unreasonable. Yeah. It's not true. But it gets people to pay attention to you. Yeah. It, em- it emboldens the people who believe that already, and it infuriates the people who are on the other side of it. And then you get the 80% of people in the middle who aren't saying anything about it. And I, this trend back to what I would air quotes normalcy with someone like Joe Biden, like I said, people know what they're getting with that. He's a career politician. You look at the fucking cabinet he's putting together full of lizard people already. Yeah. People knew, like, okay, at least I know what to expect. They don't have to worry about a 4 a.m. tweet with this guy. Right, and I think it's not just us that are getting back, that that are liking that normalcy. How many people have you, world leaders, have you seen come out with, like, almost a sigh of relief? Oh, yeah. At this point. Oh, okay, you're done. It's like... It's like a... Like, we just went through four years of a fucking Snickers commercial. Right, yeah. and now we get to eat something, and you're normal again, right? Rather than this raging, reconstructing everything because I don't know, right? It just yeah. is. Ugh. I don't know enough about trade, right, to go into it. Yeah, right. I haven't read anything on that. I don't know about any of the restructuring, but I just. There were good economic policies that came out of the last four years. There were good policies, period, that came out of the last four years. There were also, I don't think that anything that has been done is irreparable damage, minus this COVID thing. This might have fucked this country out of number one, period. Mm-hmm. I think it's very possible. You look at the economic downturn and you look at the rise of, um, of China. I mean, I, I, it was back in March um, when you're there looking at, uh, it was in Fortune magazine, the top Fortune 500 companies. And China passed the United States. They now have more Fortune 500 com- com- companies based in China than the United States does. Which, and they're also doing this play. They're moving to digital currency on a global scale now, right. which is scary in itself, right? Yes. Because now the government gets to control and you get like, what kind of oversight do they have? And especially a fucking dictatorship like China, right? If they feel like you're a bad actor, they could freeze all of your assets all of a sudden, and now you have zero money just because the government doesn't like you. But they're making these plays that within our lifetime, we could see something like the yen being positioned as 
the standard currency that everything else is valued against. Well, and I think this is, comes with the approach as business as usual, right? Right. We are not moving progressively along with the rest of the world. We're mm. trying, and that's what you saw. What was the message, right? Make America great again. Right. Right. It doesn't compute for me. Like, what do you mean? Like. You want to return to the 1950s? It doesn't fucking work like that. Yeah. Like we don't, we aren't positioned like that as a society, as an economy, as anything to go back to that. Right. So, 67 or 69 percent of our income, of our GDP, was from consumer goods. Yeah. That's not. That wasn't life in the 50s. No. So, like, what do you mean by make America great again? Like keeping stuff here? They aren't going to do that. Like companies are serving their bottom line, right? Yep. They're going to move, right? Like the idea that we opened more plants in the auto industry is fucking mind blowing. No, we didn't. Well, there's this right? weird, like, there's this, there, again, this is the problem with Democrat versus Republican and having this two parties. This is one of the problems with that is now you get the nationalist versus globalist perspective. It's pulling out of, um, it's pulling out of climate the agreement, climate agreement, the Paris Accord, and focusing on um, nationalism, focusing on making America great again or keeping America great rather than, and whatever, fine. Okay, let's do that. But let's collectively decide that that is the route we're going to go. Or I don't think that anything great happens by us trying to be a, any sort of global big brother. I don't think it's our responsibility. I don't think it's any country's responsibility to try to impose their will on another country. Democracy I, I, there's an argument to be made that democracy doesn't work all that well at scale. We've never seen, this is an, this is an experiment that has never, ever been um, seen through. We've never seen democracy at a scale of 330 million people. It works in smaller countries because they have a smaller population with a different demographic. It's not as vast and as broad. And I'd be interested to see what the thought is on democracy with the amount of money that's poured into things. Yeah, that's the other problem, yeah. right? You look at Georgia, perfect example. Look at the amount. I, I read $50 million just in um, political advertisements yeah. is going into um, not just the state, but those, um, those uh, da, 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 areas that the, the senators, is it senators? Yeah. Are running. That's a lot of money to be dumped in for airtime. Yeah. I don't know the answer. I don't know what, I think getting back to reasonableness and, you know, uh, Colin Quinn said it um, in one of his specials and like the, one of the, the best ways like that, uh, I, I stole it, I'm taking yeah. it, it's mine now. <laughs> it's, look, I'm right in the middle. I'm pro-gun, I'm pro-gay rights or gay marriage. I'm pro-death penalty and I'm pro-choice. There's nowhere for me. I made that statement to someone and the first, it was, it was immediately, you're pro-choice? They latched on to the most important thing to them. Exactly. And I was like, I started to go down like, Ah, uh, well, you know, I think that people deserve the right to make their own decisions. They believe to be like to make the best decision for them for where they're at in life to be able to uh, be happy. 
And it went to, I can't, I can't, I can't even have this. Okay, you, you brought it, you, you did it. Uh, and one of the things that I, I, I've said this to a person in the past just about that issue in general is that, listen, your faith doesn't get to define how other people choose what they, how they live, right? That's yours, right? Why does it get to dictate? Why are you morally superior to other people? Tell me. Why do you get to be more in power because of this thing that you call faith? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, that's it. I don't know that that is the right approach. I just don't know. It's just what I currently believe to be true. I think people deserve the right to make the choices for themselves yeah. in all aspects. I don't think that anyone, and this, you could extrapolate this out to um, you know, China, or I don't think anyone has a right to put their their boot on the neck of anyone else and tell them this is how you need to live your life. And when I see things like that happen in the name of a greater good, you just, you can smell the bullshit. Yeah. If you want to be, if you're, I, I always loved uh, back when gay marriage was a, like the big thing. I, was, I heard another comedian talk about this. Like, they want to get married and be miserable like the rest of us? Let them. Ron White. Yeah. Yeah. Let them be miserable. Right. Maybe they'll realize that they didn't actually want it. It's so... That was another... We talk about things computing. That was never something that compute. Is it... Why? Does it matter? Does it really matter? Like, I don't get it. Yeah. Like it never was something that I could ever wrap my head around, like why people were so angry. Well, and the thing about the people who got the most angry about it, how in the history of fuck is this going to affect you in any sort of way? Not one iota. Right. And I, I, would, I would venture off to say, just from limited understanding of history, it's only been recently that it's been a thing that was bad. Yeah. Well, you're talking Greek and Roman and things like yeah, that, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, there's this interesting, um, uh, Douglas Murray talks about this. So he wrote a book called The Madness of Crowds, um, which is a little, it's interesting, yeah. but it provides a different perspective. And I recommend it to people because it provides that contrary perspective. He talks about, so he is a, um, he's gay and he lives in um, the UK. But he talks about four issues. He talks about race, feminism, gay, and trans rights, specifically in America. So it's interesting to see the perspective of someone who is not here, kind of outside looking in and how these issues are created, manifested, and blown up. And one of the things that he talks about in a podcast, actually, is there's this, is an end of an empire scenario right? The falling and things devolving into chaos. And he talks about one of the things that the societies, if you look at Greek and Roman in particular, before the end of the empire, one of the things that they got very interested in were, was something like gender fluidity. It was the breaking down of things that we like commonly accepted truths, mm-hmm. right? It was biologically, you are a man, I am a man regardless of how I identify, and biologically a woman is a woman. We've, it's commonly accepted. Regardless of anything else, fuck everything else. You have a penis, you're a man, 
You have a vagina, you're a woman. You're born that way. And now, by trying to do things like, that's not true. Say that that's untrue. Mm -hmm. If we start to break down the commonly accepted truths and get people to agree that these things are no longer, these fundamental issues are no longer true, you can convince them of anything. Right, and it's breaking it down without any sort of validity behind it. Yeah, or, or like uh, any sort of like dog in the fight. I don't give a shit. If you want to be called him, her, them, they, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I have nothing to gain from saying that a man is a man and a woman is a woman. Biologically. Now, identity, all of those things, I understand the arguments being made. Yeah. But that is your truth. And that's fine. You, are, you have your truth. Keep it. I will respect it. I do respect it. But you can't try to convince an entire society or an entire population of people right. that your truth is the absolute truth. Because if that happens, and we're starting to see it happen, like with these fringe things, right? You know, you get organizations versus movements, things like Black Lives Matter. Like, well, this organization is corrupt. Yeah, okay, maybe it is. But that doesn't take away from the fact that the movement is a net positive. Yes. And to say that it's not is untrue. But if you say it long enough and loud enough, somebody else is going to start saying it. They're going to agree with it. People are going to attach that. And now we are perpetuating things that are untrue. And this is where you start to see the breakdown of societal structures. If I can convince you that things like a statement as simple as, I mean, you saw this with Black Lives Matter. Well, all lives matter. Yep, they, they do. That doesn't take away from this though. Right. But that became the thing. If you can position this us versus them and you can start to create and break down these like reasonable things, Black Lives Matter, a hundred people in a room should be able to say, yes, they do. Without saying, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. But all lives matter. Well, if you're saying all lives matter, then black lives matter doesn't take away from all everybody else or the struggles of anything else. But if we can do that, we can start to break down these things that we believe to be fundamental truths. And if you can do that, you can convince people of anything. And this is the, the Mayans talk about this, right? Like the cycles of life. And there's this, there's this period of chaos that, mm-hmm. that we enter. And I feel very much like we're standing on that edge. This is the, the precipice of this podcast right this unreasonable right we're standing on the edge of of chaos and we're societally at this point where we can decide are we going to step back from the ledge or are we just going to keep are we going to leave the blindfold it's like wearing a blindfold and walking around on the edge of a cliff are we going to be like ah fuck i should stop not move evaluate the situation take a step back or just keep walking There's a lot there. 
well, the the negative pessimist side of me says that we're just going to walk right off that cliff. Mm-hmm. Going by what I'm, what like they just visually sight test. Well, willfully, right? Like just sight test. Yeah, we're going to walk right off that. I'm going to be interested to see where it lands. That's just the negative side of me. I'm not that optimistic to begin with. It's not generally how I approach things, right? I try to be. But judging by the willingness of people to blindly follow something that does not benefit them, right? Will does not give me much hope for us to be able to pull back. Yeah. It's a a tough spot to be in. And I think what you're finding, too, one of the things you talk about distribution of wealth in a pyramid, right? Right. You've got top 1% owning however much it is at this point. The more the bottom fills up, the closer the chaos you are. Yeah. Well, because right? eventually it's going to turn on you. Well, you're seeing, you've been, people have been talking about that forever, right? The dissipation of the middle class. Mm-hmm. Now, when does it actually teeter over? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And that's what I mean. The more people that gather at the bottom, right? Eventually, something's going to trigger them to understand, like, no, we fucking have power here. Well, the question becomes, is it as bad as most people are being led to believe? Is it truly that bad? The ability to climb out of it, I don't know. Right? How many things are in the way, right? How many things are... Well, even what is it, the bottom, the bottom 10% of uh, poverty in America still puts you in the top 99 percentile of the entire world. Right. Right. I think it's having, making $35,000 a year. Right. But then I did a paper on this. It's not the same. It's not apples to apples. No, I did, I did, I did a little bit of a, I'm trying to remember exactly what I wrote, but it was something to the effect of calling minimum wage something that was I, th- I think i discussed minimum wage being livable which is not the yeah. case right i think what i came up with with the research that i did i think if you're talking about livable wage you're talking 17 18 dollars an hour at least yeah right depending on where you live too right so cost of goods have gone up well, you get inflation. Well, this is a problem when they're when Uncle Don's printing money in the back, right? But the cost of goods that have gone up, and a federal minimum wage that is what seven and change. I don't know what the federal minimum or wage is. I, know I don't know, or maybe it's going to. But still, it was it went up incrementally. I think states get to choose, right? But I mean, a, a state can't have lower than the federal. Yeah, got it. Right. So, what do you think about universal basic income? Uh, it's big. It's hard. Yeah. It's a hard subject to broach. And I don't feel like I know enough to. I know that the idea that 
a second stimulus would provide $600 to be to people in need is fucking laughable. Yeah. That's just like, oh, that's thanks, buddy. I don't think you, I don't, you saw this with the first one. I don't think people, they don't think people have this really difficult time thinking long-term right now. Right. And the effect that this, this thing will continue too. Well, look at the, if you, the, the trends of the first uh, stimulus check, was it $1,200? Yes. Something like that. Yeah. In the weeks after the amount of uh, the sale of electronics spiked huge. Yeah. People weren't thinking, well, we better, we better hold on to this or we pay our mortgage or pay rent or whatever. Mm -hmm. They're like, fuck, new TV. Let's go. Let's get a new TV. I think people underestimate the, the amount of effort and time that was going to be needed to resolve this. Because we have people saying that it wasn't going to last long. Yeah. Say it's not going to last that long. Here we are, almost a full calendar year later. Well, in the in the grand scheme of things, it's not really that long. I mean, look no. at what was the the mumps. I think mumps or measles was the last vaccine that they came up with, and the uh, the it was the, it was the last fastest one. It was four years mm -hmm. was the fastest we came up with that. Now people are. It's been what was it? Less than a calendar year, so eight months, ten months. Yeah, and they're pumping it out now. I got pegged for it. I did. Because of the job. Mm. Are so, you getting it? I, I will uh, when it comes to my turn. She, uh, my, my supervisor said that she doesn't actually have the timeline on it yet. She just needed to know that if I, if I was willing, like, yeah, yep, fuck it, let's do this. All right. I think I don't. Do you get the flu shot? Yeah. Do you? See, I don't. I do. I think vaccines are great. I think. Vaccines are a net positive. Mm -hmm. There's just so much, there's so much uncertainty around uh, the effects of something like COVID, like in different people. Right. I don't know that I will. And it's not because I like disagree with vaccinations or anything. It's just because I don't know that I'm worried about it. Like if I were to get COVID, like the negative health effects. I think... I think it's because of, I think one of the main things for me is that it's not necessarily the negative health effects, right? As much as it is that I can spread this without knowing it. Yeah, I That's get that. That's the big thing for me. And I have parents and family and people. But that, if you, if you right? get the vaccine versus getting it, you're still going to be able to, because the vaccine, you're still going to be able to be transmittable yes right I, th I don't know i think so probably isn't that how it works they take or, the how vaccines work is my understanding is they take kind of a beat up version of the virus and give it to it's you it's the old way it's a new way of doing it this is i have to read more into this okay. it's uh, instead of doing it the old way that took a long time they did it a new way with mrna mm -hmm. which i don't know exactly what that means i have to read more about it right which has made it possible for us to do this in eight months and not years yeah right so i don't know how that affects differently than an old vaccine so that right? might be a so does that mean that i don't get it at all and i can't transmit it or do i get it and it doesn't fuck me up and i don't 
and I can't, and I still can't. I don't know yet. There's yeah. more to read on it. But the Later initial understanding when my, my boss asked me, yeah, let's do this, and then I will continue to do more research. Yeah. Right? So, but, yeah. I'd say there's always an argument for both sides, too. So it just is, for me, it's, yeah, fucking get this going. Yeah. Let's, let's see what, you're going to offer it to me early, right? That, which I don't know what early means, right? That could still mean fucking April. Yeah. Right. But I don't know. The fact that I have kids coming in and out of the building, you know, will have, right? Means that, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to have a higher percentage chance to get this and take it home with me. Yeah. Well, and then you get like the, the mixing of the messaging, right? So if you look at something like this is, that's, that's one of the, that's one of the problems with our age of information and the, the availability of, knowing how people are affected by things. Mm -hmm. Look at somebody like Trump, right? Donald Trump gets COVID, laid up for about four days. I mean, you can make the argument, well, he had access to different treatments and stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay, he still, he was four days, he said he had kind of a bad cold and he bounced back. The dude's 74 years old, he eats hamburgers every fucking day. He's not a model of physical health. Yeah, it just makes me wonder what was available to him in that hospital. Well, and then you get, you know, there's an Olympic swimmer who was a, a bronze or silver medalist. He just got decimated by it. Yeah, and he will. He has permanent lung damage. He'll never be able, he'll never swim uh, again. Yeah. I think that might be another reason why, right? Yeah, we just don't... They, there's so much information and so much misinformation that it's difficult for anyone, unless you're willing to do the work, mm -hmm. to discern a thoughtful argument, which is the problem, which is the crux of the whole problem. It's the, it's the values thing, it's the beliefs thing, it's all, it's the unwillingness, it's just regurgitation of information and spewing things rather than sitting with your thoughts, your beliefs, informing yourself, because informing yourself is hard. Like last night when I, or the night before, what was that? When I text to what I was reading, yeah, what I was having the research, that sucks, right? That that reading actual research sucks. Yeah, right. It's hard. You were like research, reading a research paper or what? It was an, it was a meta as a meta analysis, so all the data that they could accumulate yep. on how MDMA mixed with psychotherapy affects symptoms of PTSD. Mm. Fuck. Mm -hmm. Right? And that's a lot of words. Yeah. Right? And a lot of data to get through and understanding what it means and what coefficients in this and why it means this and why this works and all the data that comes with it. And then having to write a paper on it. Right? That's... So reading data, actual data is fucking hard right and going to like and having to go through a site that vets the things that are on there mm -hmm. scholarly articles right those things that have been vetted by peers right this state that this makes sense this person's not full of shit right so which that's treacherous too yeah it is but 
given the data, right, all yeah. of it, and then taking in everything, mm-hmm. like it just is, like, like I told you, my brain is about mush right now, right? I can't do anything more with this thing that I'm reading and then having wrote a 10-page paper on it. But that's what it takes it to does. craft a reasonable understanding to create a reasonable decision and argument for or against something. Right, especially something as controversial as MDMA, which can, like, ecstasy, yeah. right, being used, medical ecstasy being used to treat symptoms um, in PTSD victims, right? Now, the, the data is positive, right, that it does, right, depending on, I mean, it, it is a very regulated type of process, right, with, coupled with psychotherapy, right, all the things that go into it. But, I mean, you know how it is. We talked about it earlier. You automatically mention MDMA to certain people. They're like, oh, whoa, whoa, that's drugs. Mm-hmm. Like, you ever seen somebody in the, like, that has like a diagnosis for PTSD? If that's what moves the needle for them moving forward, fucking give it to them. Yeah. Right? Well, there's such a misunderstanding. People, like, they just don't do the work to right. understand. I, I had the CBD conversation with somebody. Yeah. So we have a we have a fit aid drink in there that has CBD in it, mm-hmm. and they actually took CBD off and put hemp infusion or some yeah. shit like that. But when I brought that, I was like, "Hey, have you tried this? It's you know got CBD in it." Oh no, 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 no. that's 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 marijuana. It's not, dude. Come on. Uh, it's not. No, I'm not gonna. Okay, you don't have to, but maybe you should create a better understanding of the difference between CBD and THC. Yeah. Just for yourself. But they're, you know, they're old. They're a little, they're part of the, the war on drugs era. Yeah. And that's the belief structure. And there's no, no. yeah, there's no dare. Right. I still remember, um, the, the whole, the dog. Yeah. I don't shock about. The dare dog, whatever it is, talking dog in a trench coat, looks like a flasher. And the the, the whole concept was was like was so I was like in sixth grade, so that would have been twelve, so that would have been my brother at eighteen. I fucking knew the dare officers coming in there, and knew that they hung out with my brother, mm-hmm. right? Like not the dare, but the dare students, mm-hmm. right? They came in there, I'm like dude, I know you, yeah. <laughs> like you're full of shit, like yeah. didn't help, like it's just. <laughs> There's that lack of understanding and then an unwillingness to accept anything that might not fit the current belief because it's harder. Because people wrap their entire identity around drugs are bad, guns are good, whatever. Yeah. It's, like I said, it's, it's, it goes back to fear and change. Well, and the yeah. more polarized everything becomes, the more entrenched and the more us versus them and the more conflict arises the greater potential for chaos it's i'd be interested to hear the perspective of that person because they hear cbd right i hear cbd i understand what it is i also want to know where it's processed Mm. Where's it processed? Is it done right? Yeah. Right? Because 
the things that I do for a living revolve around me being able to piss a clean piss. Yeah, right. Right. That that's that's my head. Yeah. Right. So a little bit more leery of it, with the understanding that I know what it does. Yeah. Right. Like, okay, fine. Let me know where it's coming from and how much it is. Like, just let me know the information. Yeah. Before I put this into my body. Now, do I wish I was more like that with other things? Food wise, oh yeah, going to, yeah, yeah. Could I take that and put it into a little bit more of what I'm doing now with having to change some of the things I do for a diet? Yeah, but this directly revolves around me having a job. Well, it's hard. That's the thing. Yeah. It's hard. It's time consuming. Yes, we want other people to give us our opinion. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think going back to the food thing too, like it's it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. Right. I think Steve and I have talked about this and many people like like Autumn and I and anybody like it's fucking exhausting to eat or do anything for effect. Yeah. Right. Right. That's what I power lifted. It was fucking miserable. Right. The amount of food mm. and the hours that it took away from me like the entire almost day of a sunday of cooking yeah and putting things in the boxes and doing things it's convenient yeah it just it really is and now like i was doing that when i was single right like to punch myself in the face and to think about doing that with kids like no you probably should I don't want to. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I had a conversation. We did a goal session or a goal setting deal with the, uh, with the staff yesterday. And I had one of the members kind of walk us through it. And her position is start with values. Like what are your values? Relationship, security, health, those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. And if you're trying to make any sort set a goal and make any sort of change, you need to be able to tie it back to your value structure. So for her, health is one. So I, um, I take care of my, my body through exercise and food. So with her, it's not a question of convenience mm-hmm. because convenience isn't one of the values. Right. But I, another thing, like people don't, spend enough time establishing their values either because that's hard it's heavy mental lifting Mm -hmm. all of these things are difficult to do and if if you know if strength or if fitness or health or whatever is a value for you you're going to be more likely or you your family all of it be more likely to do the things in alignment with those rather than if convenience is a value for you and there's no right or wrong Right? It could be wealth, it could be convenience, it could be um, comfort, whatever. But if you understand your values, you're going to better understand why you're making the decisions that you're making and why it's so hard for you to take on a goal like lose 20 pounds, lose 40 pounds, lose 50 pounds. If you look, if you trace far enough back, you pull out the threads, you're going to identify that, you know what, maybe that isn't one of my values. If it's not one of your values and you want it to be, then you can start to create a roadmap to solidifying that. Like if health, eating well, exercising is a personal value, now you can be like, okay, meal prep on Sunday, even though it's more difficult with the family, and even though I don't want to sacrifice Mm -hmm. my Sunday to do it, 
I'm going to do it because it falls in alignment with a value structure. Yeah. And that's hard. It's hard to sit. This, this is the freedom thing. Freedom was one of my values. But to sit with that and spend an hour yesterday and know that I have more time focusing on one word to define what that means to me so that I can trace back the decision trees of why I do the things that I do is heavy mental lifting. Yeah. You said convenience of information relieves that for people. Yeah. Right. And then it becomes about the source, not necessarily the validity. Heavy mental lifting today. Yeah, man. <laughs> I think that, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll wrap there. Um, I think we got a good thing. Yeah. I'm tired. Yeah. No, I noticed uh, the last two, I, I had a moment in the last two minutes where I had to bring myself back. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, we're getting there. That's a good moment to cut it. Yeah, that was, I had to bring myself back to it. Yeah. So that's it. Goodbye, everybody. See ya.